Welcome to Views from the Underground, the show that'll take you around the world of sports and then more. And at the end, we'll leave you with a dad tip. We're back again with a new pod. Got myself Cody here. It's your boy, Poncho. I am what I am, the king. 2021. Uh, it's Cottrell. Checking in, fellas. How y'all doing, everyone? Good, good. And also tonight, we got a special guest. We got a guy, uh, Coach Bourne, with us. Coach, how you doing tonight? Hey, man. What's up, guys? Man, glad to be here. You know what I'm saying? Loving what y'all doing with the show. No doubt. No doubt. So go ahead. Introduce yourself to the folks. Let them know a little bit about you. All right, man. Um, you know, for like like Cody said, man, I I, I am Antoine Bourne, otherwise known as Coach Bourne. I'm the uh, the offensive coordinator, quarterbacks, running backs coach at Yazoo County High School here in Yazoo City, Mississippi. Uh, you know, I'm an avid sports fan, uh, graduate of Alcorn State. You know, uh, may beneath the shade. You know, that's 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 purple and gold to the day I die. Um, you know, avid sports fans, Titans, LSU, go Tigers. Um, I, I also am a fan of the Heartbreak Hotel known as the Atlanta Braves, uh, <laughs> you know, and the Chicago Bulls, man. I get the double whammy, man. I, I can't, I can't survive, you know, if it's not football season, I can't win for losing. Braves. Sheesh. Yeah, man. I, I, we can, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough. It's rough. For the sports, man. I don't know. And, and like most in Mississippi, man, if you're a Braves fan, it's because, you know, all the games are televised here. Like, everybody's right. – <laughs> you know, yeah. it's either you're a Braves fan or you're a Cubs fan or a White Sox fan. Yeah, that's what you I was telling uh, – yeah, that's what I was telling uh, people around my age. I was like, man, people in Mississippi became a Bulls fan because of Michael Jordan because all the games were on uh, WGE. Yeah. <laughs> argument a while back man on twitter like dude like right. yeah, but not nah, like now nah, nah. like i remember like watching a whole you know regular right. mj and the bulls on wgn every home right. game i'm tuning in to channel nine i think i think that's that that's that arrogance from chicago folks not realizing they just north mississippians <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't understand why like literally man everybody from chicago is from mississippi Everybody, everybody. Yes. I've never met a person from Chicago that wasn't from Mississippi. Yes. But, yeah, man, you said you were a, a coach born. You say, you know, I know you're an avid sports fan, obviously a football coach, sports coach, sports sports fanatic, man. What led you down the path of um, wanting to coach and um, help inspire the youth in, as well? Man, I think really that's, that's, that's always been my calling. I think, you know, and guys can attest to this, like we identified that even back in high school, you know, like my, uh, and not, I'm not bragging, you know what I'm saying, so to speak, but my my football IQ and situational awareness was was at a different level of of cats around me. You know what I mean? I could literally in a, in, a, in the course of a game situation, hey, look, this is what's about to happen. They're about to do this. And, you know, and, and it would happen. So I think, the, the, the coaching aspect of it, I always, you know, it was always in me. I always loved to do it. You know, even, even Ty, man, you know, we, we, we used to have the flag team. We used to be out there, you know, you know solid, you know, for, for a few years. And um, man, just really um, getting into when I got to, when I got to college and lost, I kind of lost my, my, my love for playing the game, you know, but being able to kind of kind of converse with coaches, my coaches on a daily basis, and let them know, hey, look, I'm really not feeling playing anymore. But I I enjoyed the game planning process with them. You know, I can remember spending three or four hours at a time in my office, the coordinator's office. You know, during the week, and just in the middle of a week, you know, just game planning. I enjoyed that. So I think that I kind of always, you know, was was going to be led to coaching. And I've just been blessed, man, to 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 be in some great situations, you know, uh, be around some great kids, you know, and and help mentor some kids and and, and get some guys to the next level and be productive citizens. No doubt, no doubt. So, like I said, you know, we 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 all go back from knowing Coach Bourne a long time now. So, Coach Bourne, starting off uh, over at Callaway, Callaway High School here in Jackson. Tell tell everybody what that was like. Man, look, you wouldn't believe me if I told you 
be like most people that are from Jackson would not believe me if I told you. Most people in, from the state of Mississippi wouldn't believe. We as a as a team now, overall talent profile. The two years I was there, we weren't that talented, you know, as the the Callaway team that came after we kind of left, right? On paper, we weren't as talented. But that group of kids, man, I haven't seen anything like it since I left. That was a different group, man. We my our first year there, I think we finished the season five and six. And we we went to the last game of the season needing to win to get into the playoffs. And at the time we were playing, we had to play Yazoo City, who at the time was not, you know, having a good season. I think they were facing a state takeover. So they didn't have anything to play for. And we went up there and laid an absolute egg. And literally, we took a week off. And I'm talking about the kids, let the coaches know, like, hey, hey, nah, we good, we ready. We can go ahead and get this offseason started. To, and they were so adamant to the point that we actually played spring ball that following season in February. And that's unheard of, Mr. Like, we actually played spring ball <laughs> the entire spring in February, you know. So that, that group, you know, you we had – we were headlined by, uh, by, by four – Big time D1 prospects. Uh, two of them eventually made it to the NFL. Um, one of them is actually still in the NFL. Um, but to have those guys and then to see how they led that team and then other guys around them, man, like I said, it was it was a joy to coach that team, man. Yeah. So, so do you? So now I know you're coaching at uh, Yazoo County right now, right? right. Mm-hmm. So. With with the success you've had there and where you've been since you started coaching, um, I guess long term view, where do you see yourself? I guess you know in the next three or four years, do you see yourself progressing to a high school football head coach, or do you want to go to the next level or to the next level? Because I'll say we know around this time, and the reason I act is is we know this time of the year is always the issue of representation and coaching among right. all levels. Right. So, so my two questions are what in with how driven you are, where do you want to go next? And then second, what do you what do you think can be done to in, to help increase that or, um, that representation of black coaches throughout all three levels of football? Now, you know, if you asked me this question two years ago, a year ago, a month ago, you know, my answer is would would, would, would have been different than what it is tonight. You know, um, Three years ago, I probably would have told you, yeah, no doubt I want to go to the NFL, be an NFL. Man, and, and it, it kind of goes back to your first question, man. I I, I enjoy these kids, man. Just the, the And we're talking about high school age young men, but there, there's still a level of innocence to them. You know what I mean? And as a at this level, this is this is football in its purest form because this is where they they are enjoying the sport. You know what I mean. Once you leave that high school arena, man, everything becomes a business. You know, at that college level, and there's a lot of politics involved. So, you know, I, I I did have aspirations of going to the college level, and don't get me wrong, if 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 the right fit comes along, I'm most definitely gonna take it. But as of right now, man, I, I, I'm I'm completely driven to, to 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 be at the high school level and be the best, you know, high school coach I can be. Head, I mean, you know, I I see myself being a championship level coach. That's 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 what drives me. That's what motivates me. And I and I know it's gonna happen. You know what I mean? I, I want to jump in and uh, attest to something Antoine uh, said about himself earlier was that he he was on a little bit of a different level than those around him as far as the mental part of the game. I can actually stamp that and say it's true. Cause one thing about Antoine, Antoine Bourne used to watch tape. He used to watch film by himself through the week. Like by himself, Antoine had a whole house outside of his parents' house. And that joker was definitely out there watching film and watching tape, man. Football you know, geek, man. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, did look. By the time we realized that this joker been been actually watching tape, man, it's it's close to the end, and we like, hold on, Tony, what you, so you, you actually you, watch this? you actually watch tape? What you what you mean? You're like, y'all, y'all I mean, watch tape? like, no, we that we out here partying. It's still we, funny we, we, how we, they came out. It, it's funny how it came out because I can remember we were at uh, we were at practice. This this had to be our senior year. We were at practice. We were getting ready for. I think it may have been Warren Central, man. And Warren Central, like, 
man, for us back during that time, man, film, like, yeah, you watch film? Man, I ain't right. nobody watching film. Right. And, and uh, we lined up in practice in the scrimmage, man. I think, you know, we were going, um, and that's when at the time I was playing both ways. So, you know, I'm on defense and I recognize formation on offense. I'm like, hey, man, here comes tight end reverse. And everybody looked at me like, nobody runs tight end reverse. What are, you, what are you talking about, man? And sure enough, man, you know, scout team ran tight end reverse in practice. And everybody looked at me like, how did you know that? I said, man, I, I, I had to show you all tomorrow. So we the next day we go in Coach Page's room and I pull up the tape and I go, hey, go, go to about second quarter, about six minutes left. And they're like, how did you see? That? I said, man, I've been I've been on this since Sunday. So what? You know, I was. He, 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 he was de- he was definitely ahead, but but it didn't do didn't do me no good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you gonna burn me on the reverse every day of the week? Still will. Show me so the I, meat. I'm gonna eat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so hey, coach. So I know uh, you know. Would you be an offensive coordinator, man? Uh, I know you come from the you one of them how how mummy disciples. <laughs> tell us because and 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 the reason I asked is because you know I went to state and Mike Leach just came back to the SEC and we know that was a big source of contention with the whole act. so please to me and everyone that every everybody else to the uninitiated please break down just give us a short synopsis of the array and if you think it can be successful in the SEC <laughs> okay First and foremost, what you have to understand about the, the, the air raid, and you're in an era of where kids want three or four different helmets, you know, 10, 15 different uniform combinations, you know, like I need 18 pairs of cleats for one regular season, you know, that when I, when I'm saying it to say monotony, they, 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 they don't, they don't, they don't gel well with monotony. And the air raid offense is like the poster board for monotony. Like everything they do, they do it the same way every day. You know, I don't care what the day is. We're gonna do it this way, and it has to be done this way. You know, one of the 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 the, the famous uh, air raid mantras, man, is a quote by Bruce Lee: "Is I don't fear the man that's practiced ten thousand kicks, you know, one time. I fear the man that's practiced one kick ten thousand times, and that's the air raid." You know, we're gonna we're gonna take a small playbook and we're gonna become experts at that. We're gonna throw the ball short, you know, to people in space that can score. And then when the defense comes up, we're gonna throw the ball deep to those same people, you know, that can score. Coach, can we run the ball a little bit though? Just just a smidge. <sighs> okay, here's here's the deal. When you're when you're when you're talking about the run game in the air raid, it's it's a box numbers thing, okay? Now, I'm going to tell you how, and most people don't understand how Mike Leach calls. Mike Leach doesn't call a run, ever. It's on the quarterback's shoulders to check to run. Mm-hmm. Like, everything he calls is 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 pass, pass, pass. He's going to call it that way. And what happens is the quarterback has a set of rules. So when they get to the line and check box numbers, if there's five in the box, you know, and certainly then they have the game plan, you know, as far as what run we want to run versus what look, they're going to check to that run. Now, what Mike has done in seasons past, though, he's shown a, a a a little bit more willingness to run into six man boxes, you know, and that's and and that's something I think he did a little more as the season went on this year. Uh, but early on, man, he was and Mike is as is as pure as like it's air rate in the purest form. Right, you know, you have guys like Lincoln Riley and Kingsbury and uh, uh, Dana Hogerson, they run a version of the air raid too, but they're more with gap scheme runs. But no, Mike is air raid in the purest form. He is he and Hal Mummy are, are are yin and yang. Right. So so I know he had success in the late 90s with it with Tim Couch and them. And then I know he's come back. So I guess to sum it up, do you think long-term, however, however long he plans on being there, do you think he can have, he can get state to the eight wins in bowl that's expected? Without a doubt. I, I have no doubt in my mind that he can, that he can get there. Uh, like I said, the, the, the issue and, and it's everywhere he's been, it's been this way. You're going to see attrition in the first year of a Mike Bleach coached football team. And that's where you see all these guys hitting the transfer portal because they do not like the monotony. Like Mike is gonna practice the same way every day. I don't care. He doesn't care what you say. And, so how? So how? So so how with 
with you coaching younger mm-hmm. kids, right? How are you, granted, uh, no, other than your love for the game and your passion and the way you're able to articulate it, how are you able to break up that monotony teaching your kids the air raid? I think, man, for us, it's, it's, it's just putting new twists on the same drills. You know, and and here's here's my point. So one one of the the the, the, the staple drills that you're gonna hear that Mike Leach uses that we all use if, if we run some version of the air raid is pat and go. You know, that's basically no 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 more than soft toss, what you see in warm-ups, right? Well, here we go now we make it a competition. All right, you know, we go pat and go, all right, hey, look, one hand, one hand catches, over the shoulder catches. At the end of practice, you know, we I have a competition every day with my quarterbacks where we put trash cans in the back corner of the end zone and I throw it with them. We, st- we stand there and we launch them from a different spot every day. You know, we may, we may go near hash 10-yard line the first day. We may go opposite hash 25-yard line the next day. And what they don't realize is that's, just, that's no more than pat and go. That's, that's throwing fade balls. That's working on accuracy. But it's a competition. Hey, if you beat me today, you know, I got – hey, like Coach Carl, you say, I got you a Coke and a honey bun. <laughs> there it is. So let, let, me, let me ask you this. One one thing about the air raid and and or or form of the air raid, you know, um, we when we use it in in twelfth grade, the thing I hated was this, coach. You get to these situational football things, right? You know, so now it's now it's third and two. Now it's now it's third and goal from the two. You know, now it's fourth and goal. And coach, we in we fly wide. You know, we 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 trying to spread the ball out. Not not that area is condensed. You know, I think if if I have one pet peeve, and I love the air raid, but if I have one pet peeve about it, I would say, you know, it got coach. It got to be something we can do in these short yardage situations. Although I know what you want to do, I know you're trying to spread. I know you're looking for these mismatches, coach. But man. You know that, hey, hey, we see back-breaking stuff come from that, Coach. Hey, yeah, and, and see, this is where you've seen guys like Lincoln Riley and, and Cliff Kingsbury, uh, where they have evolved in their thinking. Because, see, Lincoln was directly under Mike Leach for a while, mm-hmm. you know. And this is where you've seen their offense evolve because now they actually carry heavy packages, you know, into each week. Even me. As a, a, a air raid guy, I carry a heavy package into each week, you know, where we're going to hey, get all the receivers off the field. We're going to march as much beef as we can on the field. I will put a 320-pound deep tackle in at fullback and tell him go clear that thing out, and we're going to get downhill. You know, like you said, it's third and two. Yeah, it's time to strap your big boy pads on. You know, shout out Coach Payton on that. Big, big, big <laughs> yeah, we 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 gonna get in that power. Yeah, that power. Boy. Yes, <laughs> we indeed. gonna get that power. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I love it. So, Coach, we know you had a uh, <clears throat> an interesting season to go through last year. Um, it's just funny because I remember you on spring break, enjoying your break, <laughs> getting ready to relax first, and then come back and hit the spring ball, and next thing you know. Uh, here came COVID, and from there it seemed like me and you were having discussions pretty much every month, every like every two weeks, about you know, man, how y'all gonna put it? How y'all gonna do this? How y'all gonna do that? So, just kind of get a folks an idea of what you had planned on doing, and then what you did to kind of adjust on the fly. Man, look, I kid y'all not. This was the most stressful football season that I've ever coached in my life. It's the most stressful football season I've ever been a part of in my life, man. And you don't really understand, man, how difficult it is to navigate these waters till you realize like how hands-on you you were prior to this. You know what I mean? When you when you go into a practice and you're getting ready to do something and you have to tell yourself, oh nope, can't do that. COVID, six feet. Like it is it is virtually impossible especially and for us this year it was it was a, it was especially a heartache because we were so young you know i think first the first game of the season i started four ninth graders you know on offense you know that's that's so not having a spring having a a um a restructured summer no no 7 on 7 no camps no like so many restrictions no weight room cuz you know we we're a 3A school, so it's not like we have the, the, the large facilities that say, 
you know, a Madison or a Brandon has. So us getting kids in the weight room, you know, we can only get five or 16 at a time to maintain social distancing. So essentially no weight room, just, just really, we just had to condition, condition, condition. You can't use a ball for two weeks. Then after those first two weeks of not using the ball, then you can only do it in like small groups. So like the wide receivers get the ball and go over here. The quarterbacks, if they got a ball, they got to go over here, but you can't throw it to the wide receivers yet. You know, everybody had to wear, wear gloves, including quarterbacks. You know, when you got quarterbacks with, 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 with small hands, Wearing a glove is not is not the the, the most conducive thing. Throwing it, uh, you know, it, it it was just navigating it, man. It was just was just so hard. And then getting into the season, and you know, you having this kid may may be a close contact, so he's out this week, and you don't find out till Thursday night, and it's a starter, you know, and you hadn't had time to kind of game plan and move around it, or or, or you know, this kid tests positive now, he's out for two weeks, or my favorite story, and I hadn't told anybody, is we had we even had a kid that decided he didn't want to come to school one one day. He just wanted to stay home, so he faked being sick. So <laughs> that put him out two weeks because he had to get tested before he was able to before he was allowed to come back. So it backfired. Why? Wow. <laughs> actually, backfired. He was a starter, a, a, a big time player for us, and we actually missed him for two games. Damn. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, man. COVID. Uh, so moving on from that, coach, God bless you, man. Uh, so I know your motto is, uh, mash the gas. I see it behind you on your, on your screen, man. Like, where did that motto come from? And once again, man, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of rooted in the, in the air raid thing, man. Air raid guys want to go fast. You know what I mean? But where the mash the gas thing kind of came from, believe it or not, and, and, and Cody can tell you this, man, I have a, a, a strange affinity for Chad Morris. Like I am a Chad Morris fan. I don't care what you say. I don't care how bad his offenses have been the last <laughs> few years. Chad Morris can do no wrong in my eyes. I don't care. And when Chad Morris left Clemson and became the head coach at uh, SMU, his model was hammer down, which is, you know, that that's, you know, like 18, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to put the hammer down. We're going to, and we're going to fast. We're going to go fast. We're going to go fast. And it, it, it kind of just evolved from there. I think I, I messed around and, and and said it one day, and then one of my players kind of echoed it, and then it, it thing caught like wildfire, man. And so now you had kids that were making dances, like, yeah, we're going to, hey, we mashing the gas, baby. Now, <laughs> you know, they, they started doing the uh, uh, the chopper style dance, like, we yeah. mashing it. Like, it, it took on life of its own. And when I got to Yazoo County, man, even the superintendent, you know, started putting that, as, as, as taglines at the bottom of, of district emails. You know, we gonna mash the gas. Like, like I said, it just took on a life of its own. Nice, man. So, so I saw you uh, over the, um, you know, during, you know, during the hectic year 2020 was, um, you got some, uh, some, some local acclaim for hosting those coaching clinics. Um, yeah. And, you know, which was a great job um, because, you know, you were just, you know, or, like organizing people, having constructive criticism, constructive playbooks, you know, you all were just learning, you know, the game of football. So uh, do you think that's something, you know, granted, I know you're a coach, but do you think that's something you'll continue to do and, and, and proliferate it around the state or the country? Oh, yeah. no question. I'm, all, I'm actually already planning um, SIP make uh, part two, you know, I'm already in the, in the, in the, in the process of kind of planning that out. Um, really just trying to get into get into a slot where, you know, uh, it's not so 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 hectic right now. Um, you know, you got a lot of sports still going on. Coaches still kind of all over the place. Signing day coming up, which is a different animal in and of itself in this year. Um, so I'm just trying to get to a place where it's it's less hectic. Uh, coaches are a little more available. Uh, and yeah, we're gonna we definitely gonna do sit made. Um, I think. We're going to look back at 2020, man, and there, as bad as it was, man, there are going to be absolutely some beautiful fruit that fell from the COVID tree. And these virtual clinics are, are absolutely one of them because, you know, I, I was using Zoom way before COVID hit. You know, I, I, I'd been doing that. Uh, but now 
getting everybody on board like hey zoom you know like we don't have to be in each other's face like just game planning was a little bit easier this year because we had zoom available you know what i mean so we're going to look back and and with all the bad we're going to see some good come from it and these virtual clinics man i absolutely want to keep doing i want to keep giving the platform for some of these guys around the state to, to 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 keep uh, uh, you know, being able to express themselves and let people know because th- that was the whole motivation behind it. People think we we don't know ball in Mississippi. No, we we absolutely yeah. man, we and we can stand toe to toe with anybody. And, and 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 see, that's why I ask because we know going back, you know, I've said previously, you know, the representation matters, and you, need, you, you know, and, and and we know, uh, kind of, me and Cody talked about it uh, off off uh, offline, where you know we're saying. You know, around this time of year, like I said, we always complain about, you know, rightfully so about the numbers as far as African Americans or blacks in leadership position. So, so with with you just being a football fanatic and a football freak and a, you know, and just knowing the game from from a business side and a coaching side, like what do you think? Obviously, we know the owners, and you know, it, it's it's a, it's a systemic issue, but. What do you think can be done to help, other than that part, level the playing field for more black coaches to ascend to those quality control uh, eras or to be able to have it where we just don't have one Mike Tomlin or Raheem Morris. We have multiple people being able to go from high school to college to the pros or wherever they start, they can have a legit shot. I can can tell you this and I can kind of give you like a, 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 a scenario or an example, right? We're talking about those, those clinics that I was hosting, right? Since those clinics, man, and, and, and it's, and it's crazy. I can literally, I have access to coaches that I could have only dreamed to have had access to prior to, you know, I, I can pick up the phone now and literally and get on the phone with, with some guys, you know what I mean? And like, it, it's, it, it all became because prior to you didn't have that, like it wasn't uh, necessarily available for for me to stand up and speak, you know, at this at this engagement. It had to be a like prior to prior to that, we always had this deal uh, here where we had a minority coaches clinic, right? But it was just local guys, you know what I mean. But now with the ability with, with Zoom, now I could I could reach a much larger audience, and now you know a guy say that's 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 in California, you know, all he has to do is click click, click a link and say, hey, that guy knows ball. Hey, I wanna I wanna connect with him. And that's that's actually what has happened. You know what I mean? I I mean I've been in 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 Zoom claims like just informal, just like how we're talking here with you know Joe Moorhead, Chad Morris, like we I, I mean I some heavy hitters, you know what I mean? And and we just guys just talking ball. And now I, if I need to, I can pick up the phone and just call guys like, hey, coach, you know, if if you getting this look, what would what would you do versus this? And I think that's what it's gonna take, man. Like at we're at a point in time, man, we we we've waited for so long, for, you know, for that opportunity to come to us. And I think what the mentality has to change. We can't wait anymore, man. We gotta go get it, we gotta go kick in the door ourselves, you know. And I think this is. A, a, a big step in that direction, man. Coaches, you know, they, they love, especially minority coaches love to say, man, where they, you know, they're not going to hire black. Don't accept it. You know what I mean? Don't, don't accept that. Like make these people tell, you no. Hey coach, I got, I got a question, man, uh, to pivot off of uh, the coach, the coach part per se, and, and kind of to the players. Um, Do you think we kind of have a, we'll kind of end up and we look back and, Maybe a, like for those kids that was that were seniors or those places that certain kids, because sometimes you know you might have a kid, man. That kid may not boom or may not blossom right. or flash until twelfth grade, and you know you had you had areas, and I don't mean just not not necessarily locally, but but all over the country where it, that kid might have never had that chance. So you think we might look back and just see like a kind of a lost generation of of kids that just kind of got. It just kind of got lost um, due to due to everything that we had going on, you know, with COVID and things. Because I saw, um, I went with uh, me and coach, me and coach uh, Daryl Scott went to the the JPS uh, combine. Yeah, and, you know, and, and and the combine is one thing. Like I mean, I, I wouldn't have shine in no combine, but I can play ball. You you probably right. wouldn't shine in the combine, but you can play ball. So exactly. I think just missing some of those opportunities, man. How you, you how? How big do you think that was in some of those some of those areas for the kids that just didn't get an opportunity? 
man, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. This, this is, this is. We're gonna look back at this whole situation, and it's gonna probably be the one of the worst, you know, situations in history as 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 far as it relates to kids getting opportunities, scholarship opportunities, you know, athletes. This is gonna be one of the worst situations, you know, on record uh, for the foreseeable future, because you you and and you know, it's in the news every day. NCAA instituted a new set of rules, um, you know, and here's the thing about it. First of all, college is a fool already because we, we talked about I'm an LSU fan. I used them as an example. LSU is bringing 20 of 22 starters back from this past year's team. Of those on offense, the entire offensive line was draft eligible. They are all returning for a senior year or a extra senior year next year. They, you still only have 85 scholarships. You see what I'm saying? Schools are absolutely full right now. And so only the elite of the elite are going to get offers. And, 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 and for some kids, man, you know, you had some, like we talked about, uh, um, the kid from Provine, man, being able to kind of have a situation where he was able to transfer and go play somewhere else. But you had some that were absolutely less fortunate and, and didn't get that opportunity. And look, let's call it what it is, man. I, I, I applaud them for the effort, but a combine is not going to get it. No, no, coach. I don't think it does. The combine is not going to get it, man. Look, no. we got to be able to turn that film on and, and see, can you, can you play ball? You know, I, I, I know a bunch of track stars that can run a four two forty all day, but you turn that film on their football field and they look like hot garbage. Now that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's be real. So you got a, 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 a thing where you have a lot of talented kids, and I know a lot of them because I, I've, I'm training them, have trained them, you know, we're, we're, we're working now, that just absolutely didn't get the opportunity to showcase their talents this year. So speaking towards the future, um, and, and it's funny, uh, uh, that was a great question, Tyrone, because that, that helped me, that triggered something in my mind uh, to ask Coach. So, Coach, uh, we know – as far as definitely when I was younger and obviously when you, when you all were younger, it was more so you you maybe had a select group of kids, a boy or girl that maybe had that specialized training, right? But for the most part, everybody played multiple sports. Right. And But we know with more public schools being shuttered and everything turning into specializations, to um, Tyrone's point, do you think that that'll be another barrier as we continue? Because we know you know, most kids, if they have, if their parents have the income, you know, they, you know, they, you know, they'll play public school, right? right? But they have that specialized training to be able to go to these elite, you know, these elite eleven camps and all of that. And you know, as opposed to when, when we were younger, it was just you may have had maybe five or six kids that did it, but for the most part, you honed your skills in public school. Right. So I you, think you think that'd be another barrier. <clears throat> I think. That 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 thing has kind of seesawed back and forth, you know, over the last few years. Uh, when 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 we were in school, you know, specialization was major. You know, you either gonna you gonna pick one. You are gonna play basketball or you are gonna play football, but you're not gonna do both. I think coaches with more information, with more data over the years, have realized that it actually benefits kids to 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 play multiple sports and kind of bounce around. And what you will see is the more the most successful program, especially in this state, have guys that 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 literally do it all. I'll use law for the exa for example. Law, you know, not you know, not many years ago, just you know, three or four years ago, they were a factory and producing top talent, getting to the state championship in football, and then turn right back around and get into the state championship in basketball too. And the thing was, if you wanted to play law and basketball and it wasn't a district game, you better schedule them in early November. But that's the only time you were going to beat them because their guys were still on the, back, on the football field. You know what I mean? And once the, once their season was over with and they and the reinforcement came, law it was nothing for law to rip off 30 straight. And, it, and the games weren't even close. You know, I think it's become less – of a barrier in recent years now you still have some coaches that just absolutely want to play hardball with, with players. And I think, you know, those, those guys won't last long, you know, but it, it, it absolutely. And you're, it, and to that point, you're actually starting to see administrations interview with that in mind. Now, you know, the last couple of years I've been in head coach interviews 
And that's one of the first questions they ask, you know, how do you plan to work with the basketball coach or the other athletic programs on campus? Like that, that's actually a part of the plan now. Know that I, I know how you feel about it. I know you've always been one who's champion, you know, guys, girls play multiple sports, hone you, pick up play different it. skills across the board and, and you right. know, could have cross paths and apply in each sport. So exactly. we got a couple more questions we're going to get to you before we let you get out of here. My first one is take us through a game week once you get to like Wednesday, Thursday, and also balancing that with the teaching part. Cause you also a teacher. So take us through balancing that part out. Man, look, one thing about it, man, they're going to make sure you understand that you a teacher first and football and any other sport comes second. Uh, I mean, you know, and the sooner as a coach, unless you're teaching PE or unless you're a head coach and athletic director where you don't have a class, the sooner you realize that the better. Uh, so uh, initially when I started out as a coach to teach it, that was hard for me to grasp. You know, it was hard for me to balance the two. You know, with, with experience, you know, you, you, you find ways to kind of streamline stuff. So the teaching part now, um, that's that's not the hard part. You know, lesson planning makes everything a breeze. You know, if you have a plan, you, you know, you all you have to do is follow that plan. So that makes everything a breeze. Um, with with the game planning side of it, man, it's, 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 it's so like being at larger programs in the past, being 5A, 6A programs, it was a little bit easier because you knew who you were going to have. Like, I got this group of kids. This is this is what it is. Being at a smaller school, you know, 2A and 3A programs the last two or three years, and knowing that you have kids both ways, that, that got to go both ways, you kind of have to condense what you do. You know, I can't do what I did at that 5 and 6A program because, you know, that kid has a lot more on his plate. Uh so I try to keep that in mind. And most the most important thing by Wednesday of every week, nothing new is going in. We are not like at that point, the, the haze in the barn. As a matter of fact, when we work on Wednesday, we work two minute drill, goal line situation, short yards. Like we 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 we're special, we will specialize on Wednesday practice. We're focusing on in on certain situations. Like with all the open field stuff, that's Monday and Tuesday. We know what it is at this point. You know, we 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 gonna make sure we hone in and we kind of we kind of polish off details and, and we do blitz pickup. So any extra pressures that we expect, we we kind of you know we focus in on that on Wednesday, Thursday. You know, we walk through and go home. Coach, let me ask you a question, man. Um, <clears throat> do you believe that um, the state of the game right now? I guess when I look at the game, I just feel even when I look at the younger kids, man. I just feel like they have so much more than we did. And with more information, more access comes, like, I just kind of feel like the game is so much more advanced, maybe because it's year round, maybe because it's, you know, I, I think we saw it coming at, at our tail end that these guys are running spread offenses and the kids are learning concepts at earlier ages now. But I just feel like the game is more advanced. So like, so when you get a kid, you know, is that kid, you know, are you ever like, man, I can't, I can't believe that this kid knows this because I know when they coming from you, they going somewhere and they, they're going to look at that kid like, oh man, this, this kid, man, where you from? This kid came from, came from something, you know? It's, I think it's, it's, it's kind of where you are, you know, your, your location. Uh, what do I mean by that? Um, you have places where they, they, they believe in that from the youth program all the way up and everything's aligned, you know what I mean? So the youth, the little league team in town is, is doing what the middle school is doing, the middle school is doing what the high school is doing. And that kid has heard that same terminology from the time he could walk to the time he gets ready to walk across that stage as a senior. You know, uh, at the same time, you have some places where, you know, nobody talks to anybody. You know, it, the middle school doing what they want to do, the high school doing what they want to do, the little leagues, you know, you got three little league teams in town, they all doing something different. You know, uh, it, 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 it's, it's about culture, you know, from that standpoint. Now, as far as the state of the game, like you said, now I, I agree. This, I think that at the analytics, you know, you've heard that word a lot this year, the analytics a, a, are a bigger part of the game now. Uh, folks are willing to take bigger risks, you know, um, now in, in, in over the course of the game. But as far as the game itself, I'm going to be honest with you, it hadn't changed in 50 years. 
it the the presentation looks different, but it's still the same. You know, we're we're still running power that we were running from the I formation. We're just running it from the gun now. You know, we're still running trap. We're just running it from from six yards deep in the shotgun. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you, you when you look at, I I, I know there was a famous quote uh, a couple years ago, man, when Mike Gundy was getting ready to play Oklahoma. It's absolutely triple option. It is triple option football. Now the difference is there's a third of pass now. You know what I mean? But it's absolutely it's absolutely triple option football. So if before before we let Cody take us home, if you had your fourth and tw- so so you're a Titans fan. So you remember the Super Bowl from '99. Uh oh. Let's say you know the Kevin Dyson play with Mike, with Mike Jones. <laughs> Let's say Coach Twan is the OC, right? You got your favorite quarterback, rest in peace, Mr. Air Magner. What play call are you calling to make sure they get in the end zone? What's your play call? I like that question. <laughs> that's, that's a great question. I love that question. Yes, oh, you you about to divorce his his favorite favorite goal line play? Yep. <laughs> hey, if you if you're playing if you if you're playing them you're playing them this year. This is it. Listen to this to show. To Watch to give it to you. I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. Hold on, let me say this right quick before you start. Mesh. <laughs> mesh is king, man. I don't look. Hey, you can never go wrong calling mesh six, which is four verts or shallow. Yeah. I don't care. Four verts. You can take them three in any in any game, man, and win a ball game if you if you know how to execute. But I'm gonna throw you for I'm gonna hit you with a curveball, man. I actually would not change the play call one bit. I actually would say because here's the thing: we as sports fans, we tend to overanalyze things, right? Yes, yes. Hey man, Carter made one hell of a tackle on Kevin Dyson. He did. You replay that play ten more times. He does. He misses that tackle at least seven times. That, and and Dyson walks into the end zone. I wouldn't change the call. It is he made a play? Like Mac made a throw. Kevin Dyson made a play. Carter made a better play. Yeah, is 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 you like I'll sound like one time. <laughs> I like, I like it. I like the answer, Coach. Yeah. One time. At that point, you just got to tip your hat to him, say, hey, "Great job." I I thought you was I thought you were gonna go with something similar to um what Kansas City pulled out. Same thing. Same hey, thing. Chad Morris did. Hey, same thing. Clemson pulled out years ago. Hey, hey I mean, it just never. It's it's not gonna ever not work, Coach. Hey, it's man. not gonna ever not work unless your quarterback throw it in the dirt. It won't ever not work. Look, let me tell you something. I gotta tell y'all this, man. Hey, I, I got real two two quick comments. Okay, number one, I, I posted something yesterday, man, on Twitter, and that thing has kind of taken off like wildfire. Like us as coaches, man, and me and Cody talked about this earlier this week. We tend to to to, to outsmart ourselves, man, in, in, in certain situations. We want to get extra cute and and. You know, we want to put all the the the, the Tony Saturies, man. We got to sprinkle it all. We got to put all the seasoning on there, man. The parsley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we we want to be extra, and sometimes, man, if we make this game. We make this game as hard as as you know. what I'm saying a, a Chinese arithmetic, and it's not that, man. Like just a hey, keep this thing simple and stupid. You know, and 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 that's and that's what I believe in, man. Now, to that Chad Morris comment. It's actually funny because I can remember this. This has been about ten years ago now, man. Cody and I—he, I don't know if he told y'all this—we actually went to the Peach Bowl one year, man. And it was OG Bobby Johnson Bowl Part Two because it was LSU versus Clemson. And anybody knows me knows that's who I roll with. I roll with those two teams. That those are my squads. And Chad Morris was still calling plays for 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 Clemson, and it was unbelievable, number one, the amount of talent that was on the field that night. And I can remember us, me and Cody, sitting in those stands. And I told Cody, I said, man, I don't know who the hell 10 is, but 10 is a first-round draft pick if I've, if I've ever seen one. Because Sammy Watkins was on that team, and he had got knocked out the first drive of the game. Lo and behold, 10 was DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins murdered the, the entire LSU secondary that, that entire night. That's nook for the younger folks. <laughs> um, um, I think he ended up with like 150 receiving yards, and it didn't matter who LSU put on him. We, Cody and I had end zone. Like, we were in the end zone on the first row looking at this. They took turns rotating secondary guys. 
and it did not matter. He was Taj Boy, and he they were playing pitching. Was, was uh was Marty B on that team? I think he was. My, Mark my Davis, favorite, Brian. Brian was on that team. Adam yeah. Humphreys was on that team. Adam Humphreys, yeah. Um, I can't think of the running back at the time. Taj Boyd was the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, they were Vic Beasley was on that team. Like they were absolutely, yeah. They were absolutely Brashad Breeland was on that team. Um, Clemson was absolutely loaded when you go yeah. back to the roster. Man. Clemson, Clemson been loaded for for a minute. It ain't it ain't new. It might be new to some. Hey, right. Man. Hey, hey that 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 guy. That guy up there in that orange, buddy, he, he he can recruit it. I promise yeah. you that. And he yeah. can coach it up, too. Let me and tell you something. Coach it up. Clemson, before that, was was loaded, man. Tommy Bowden was a notorious underachiever. Notorious yep. under, underachiever, man. Yep. You know, you had teams with Jacoby Ford, yep. uh, C.J. Spiller, James Davis. Like, you had teams that were absolutely loaded at Clemson. And Charlie Whitehurst was, was torching folk. And then you go lose five games in the season. And huh. it was, like, un, un, it was inexcusable. Highway speed, man. They always had it. They always had that combination of guys. It's just like, man, there's unbelievable had, athletes over there, man. Unbelievable. You Jacoby Ford, you had Jacoby Ford and CJ Spiller torching yeah. people all season. Yeah. And go out there and be the two last legs on the four by one relay yeah. team for a national championship track program. You know, that that's that's what type of speed they had. Like they, okay. they just had different gears, man. All over the field, all over the field. So coach, we come to the part of the program on our pod, what we call the dad tips. And with you being a- That's, that's, that's enough for me. Ty, <laughs> clean us up. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna go here, right? With your homeschooling. Adjustments, gotta be able to pivot, right? So, you know, we used to, I kind of run a tight ship as far as, you know, I got two, two uh, little girls, five and three. Used to run a, a, a tight ship when, when they were at school, you know, hey, 7, 30, 8 o'clock we in the bed. Well, now, you know, mom is at home. Mom is homeschooling. When I'm home, if I'm not at work, I'm homeschooling. The thing that I learned and we had to pivot to very quickly is, well, well, if you're putting them to sleep at 8 o'clock, and they're getting up at 6 now. Cool. You know I mean? and, and now what you're going to do? Now, you, you know, so we, we adjust, we shifted. So they, they up, you know, they going to sleep at 10.30, but they're doing their work a little bit later, but it works it works because you give them a chance to kind of get up and kind of be attentive. And, you know, we used to try to, oh, let, let's get the schoolwork out the way first thing early in the morning, you know, eight, nine o'clock. Well, that don't work for our kids. You know, you you, you got to let them be up a little while. I, I don't know what it is, but, you know, they got to they gotta shake some stuff off. Um, but um, parents out there, you got to be flexible. You got to be able to pivot. Definitely got to be able to pivot. Man. No doubt, no doubt. Trio, you got anything you can plug in tonight? No, that's it, man. Please, everybody, wear your mask. Be safe. COVID is no joke. Almost, well, a year in this, man, it is taking people's lives. Uh, we'll, I know we're short on time, but I just want to say rest in peace to Sekou Smith. He passed yesterday. Rest in peace to Henry, uh, uh, Hank Aaron. Um, and guys, please be safe. If you can get your vaccine, please do it. Um, oh, I'm and, on the first thing smoking for that. Just, and just guys, please take it serious and be safe. And that's it. Coach Boehm, uh, give us your, say it again about the, um, the Zoom clinic, say they plugged it one more time. Yeah, uh, man, it's going to be, be on the lookout. It's going to be the SIP made uh, coaches clinics, man, part two, 2.0. Um, it's going to be coming out, the info is going to be coming out real soon, man. Make sure you follow me, man, at coach underscore born, B-O-U-R-N-E, like the movie, Born Identity. Uh, you know, I'm I'm always with the foolishness. Uh, I'm posting sports jokes and talking football, man. Make sure you follow me and uh, details for the coaches clinic will be coming soon. All right, Coach Warren. We appreciate you joining us and everybody that's it for us tonight. It was a good uh, one. Appreciate that, Coach. Appreciate y'all guys for having me on, man. No doubt. Follow us at Views from the Underground on Twitter. Um, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you get your favorite podcast at, rate us, review us, please give us five stars.
Thank you.